Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Bally Sports Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché, and really excited to get right into this one. Lots going on with the Miami Heat, coming off a huge victory on Wednesday night against the New York Knicks, now taking on the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday night, UD night at Miami-Dade Arena. We'll talk all about it as Jason Jackson and I take you through this edition of Miami Miked Up. And now, the man himself starting this intro over again because I forgot to press record the first time. And you I don't, don't think have it's the to first tell time. on yourself. No, don't I'm telling on myself. That. Everybody has to know, fully transparent, that's the way this podcast works. <laughs> okay. It's Jason Jackson. I already said it before, but I'll say it again. Our most recurring guest on Miami Miked Up. We have agreed this is his third time on here, although the fans can let us know if it has happened more often. But Jason Jackson, it is wonderful to have you here, and we will start where we always start this conversation. Sure. What is something recently outside of work that has brought you joy? Well, it hasn't happened yet, but it's coming, JT. We, we've got Justin Jackson, the first of my two sons, uh, graduating from grad school. He's already a graduate of Nova Southeastern University with a degree in sports administration, and he went to Ohio University, uh, also known as, uh, for us, the motherland. <laughs> um, but his mother and I went to Bowling Green State University, so there's some some Mac friction. A little bit of a rivalry cooking. Uh, some, not as much as you would imagine. One of those uh, house-divided license plates. Yeah, you, you can have that. You can have that, absolutely. Stickers, at the very least, on the back window. Uh, but Justin uh, finished his MBA over the summer and decided to stay for a couple more semesters. And he's wrapping up his master's in sports management. And a fun fact about Ohio University, they invented the degree sports management. Really? Um, about 40, 45 years ago. And so they are the number one sports management program in the nation um, measured by uh, their curriculum and how obviously is the first. So people derive from there all over the place. And then secondly, by job placement. Mm, that's the big one, isn't it? They, yeah, they place 100% of their graduate students. Wow. One Think about the pressure of going into a grad program where everybody before you, everyone, everybody gets everyone a job, <laughs> has been employed out of school and you've got to do it as well. So I'm super happy for Justin. And that brings me great joy. Because I'm done paying for college after six straight years. <laughs> yeah, it's not even it's not even the pride. It's just ah, I don't yeah. have to pay for college. I no, shouldn't say six straight years. He he was a wonderful track and field athlete, so he participated in the tuition contribution, thanks to the fact that he can jump far. There you go. And then uh, he's also a little brainiac, so substantial scholarships in the way of grad school. But there's still some stuff that your parents take care of when <laughs> when you're doing that. So it's great for him to be able to. Hop on the rocket launcher of life and go make some dough and start his path, his climb. He wants to be an athletic director someday. I'm trying to convince him. Conference commissioner's the move, my man. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah, move. Yeah, that's, that's where but, it's at. Uh, that's where it's at. We'll, well, we'll see. Maybe he'll get there. Maybe he'll get there. Yeah. Well, that's really exciting. Congratulations yeah, to Justin so and us. to you yeah. and the rest of the Jackson family. A very exciting time. Um, and it is an exciting time as well for the Miami Heat as we'll transition sure. to basketball. Now, uh, as we're sitting here on Thursday, the 23rd, Heat are coming off a 127-120 victory over the New York Knicks. No? No, sir. 
that that was not a victory. <laughs> that was redemption. Yes, it was. Yes, it that was. That was revenge. Yes, that was, it was. A reckoning. Mm. And I'm going to connect these dots real quick. I don't I don't mean to interrupt you because I know Do you it. Have a great no, plan. take it where you want to take it. What Julius Randle did on that floor in that two-point victory that preceded last night. He earned every right. He earned he hit a shot in Ray Allen's area, by the way, I'm like, how dare you? How dare? <laughs> no one should even be allowed in that right corner. Yeah, nobody right? nobody should be able to go the over there. side of the building, exactly. Um, in Dallas, they have a silhouette of Dirk. Do they really? The fadeaway in the floor. Oh, that's tremendous. We, we should we should have Ray Allen's signature, his so, own oh. handwriting on that spot on that floor. Before I retire. Let's file that petition to I'll whoever needs to make it happen. For that. But the problem is, Jeremy, each year we have like three floors. Yes. So it's like, you know, it's, <laughs> hey, you it's can just asking get, a lot. Just one, one tile that has a signature on it. You put it on all of them. My boss, uh, Miami Heat Executive Vice President, the Chief Marketing Officer, Michael McCullough, will hate us. <laughs> but just, just be mindful. Maybe it's not going on what, social media. Then. Of what we're starting. No, man, do what you got to do. But I'm just letting you know how that's going to come back to us. All right. Where. All right. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah, he hit that shot, fading to his right, splash. Knicks went by two, and he decided that he was going to pound his chest right in front of the Harrison family. Yep. That he was going to stroll in front of uh, Andy Ellisberg and Pat Riley and the collected front office brass, pound his chest, stroll then in front of the Miami Heat bench, talk all the bleep that he wanted. He almost killed Tibbs that night. Because <laughs> by the time he got over there, there's so much momentum that he even crashed into a dead <laughs> He cup. really did. A victory lap on the road mm. in the regular season. Mm. Okay, Jules. Mm. So what happened after he had the finest scoring night of his professional career, one of the great scoring nights in the history of the New York Knickerbockers? He got smothered by the blanket that is the Miami Heat defense. Yes, he did. Jules was frustrated, got a technical Jules was frustrated. He's fouling everybody. Jules was frustrated. Tyler Hero shot his eye out. I saw Jules do this right after. <laughs> For those only enjoying the audio edition, I'm putting my He's eye He's putting back his in. eye back in. He's putting his eye back in right now. I mean, the call, you might want to get the, I might send I, you the call. I'll put it in here right when we're done with this discussion. Yeah, the, please do. I'm sure it's clipped off on the Miami Heat audio experience. Because I lost my mind because I didn't forget that little parade mm. from one Jules. That's what I call him now. Jules. Jules Randall. Tyler with the rock. Ten on the shot clock at the top. Screen from Bam. Pulls it back in Randall's eye. Oh, pick it up, Jules. Pick up your eyeball off the hardwood. Tyler went right between the eyes. It's almost like as a community, they are picking on Julius Randall. But that's what I love about. The game, what I love about the storylines, what I love about the history is that we can always conjure up as though this was 20, 25 years ago and it's the first time they're seeing each other and Pat's in the garden asking for all the boots. Bring them down on me or any of those playoff series, right? Five and six years, something nuts like that. Yeah, and um, think about, you know, Van Gundy on the leg and Allen Houston's oh, shot man. bouncing 75 times. P.J. Brown 
hip tossing Charlie Ward. Two of the nicest men you'll ever meet. By the way. <laughs> right, right. But that's what this that's what this rivalry does to people. That's what so it, it is. was. That was so much more than just the 40th victory. It was so much more than just the 52nd clutch game. It was it was it, it was what you want on Pat Riley's birthday week. It's what you want on the first night of four for 40. It's what you want when you are trying to move above it's i don't i don't know if we want to call the line the mendoza line right because i would imagine now mendoza now is 10 to 11 sure thing right so we'll just call it the silver line right since it came in on commissioner commissioner silver's watch so i like that that i like silver that that silver line that you're trying to get over uh from seven to six and now because of that victory and because of i'm going to forecast Saturday night's victory. Hey, hey. Next Wednesday. Not, let, let's not skip Tuesday against Toronto. You can't play without that game. But now, if you end up winning the next couple games, that game next Wednesday night, well, I believe the 29th night of March. See, where I'm from, we have the old adage about March and the winds. Mm. If it comes in like a lion, it goes out like a lamb. Like just harsh winds, Palm winds. If it comes in like a lamb, that wind is coming out like a lion. The heat might use March as a lion lion endeavor. Well, look, you've covered a lot of a lot of bases here in this first sort of uh <laughs> segment of this. So we will touch on it was a all monologue. I apologize. No, that's what it I want. No, you just did the WWE character that I needed here. <laughs> yeah. We need everybody to lift up. We need everybody to feel or ex- or as your friends at Metalock referred to it as gas bag. Yes, right? but I'll take it. I'll take it. I will take cool. it because uh, truthfully, bag. truthfully, that that was a statement win. And what it felt like a little bit, it almost reminds me of the way, you know, you mentioned Julius Randle having that type of game and then coming back down here and obviously being smothered. It almost reminds me of the way that he'd have handled Trey Young in the last couple of years, ever since his big showy, hey, game over, you know, waving the arms in a game back here in Miami during the regular season. And basically since then, Trey Young, it feels like is like, oh, for one hundred and ninety five from the field. So to see the way that the Heat were able to slow down Julius Randle in that game. And now they've won four of their last five. Uh, I will say they've won five in a a row with a certain somebody on the sideline. I'm not going to say who, but five in a row with a certain somebody. Jeremy better have my Tash money. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I know. Who is it, Rihanna? Isn't that Rihanna's line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, this is the remix. Yeah, this is Re-read this is the remix. remix. Oh man, don't encourage me. I'm already yeah. doing too many weird musical oh, covers. Oh brother, this week. your Nickelback situation is off the charts. <laughs> Thank off you, the- thank you, and very much not on the charts. Um, but defense, <laughs> shooting, vibes, yeah, a whole lot has changed for this team, right? And, and really, those are sort of the three big things. It feels like the defense has stepped up. It feels like the shooting from three has stepped up, and it feels like the vibes around yeah. the team in general are a lot better. So. In this recent stretch, winning four out of five and really playing good ball over the last few weeks, if you look at it, not just from the wins and losses perspective, what stands out to you the most about what's changed for the Heat since they've sort of gotten on the right track? Availability. Everyone is here. Like, it everyone, really is I that mean, simple, All right? due respect, it's entirely yep. that simple. And anybody trying to make it more complicated, why the three-point shooting is off. Why a former one seed with the same roster is 
fighting to get over the silver yeah. line. He, let's sell. I this. like this. Yeah, we, we got to start calling it. That's the broadcast now. This. It's up to us. Uh-huh. The key component now is having everyone in place. Now, what place should they be mm-hmm. in? And I'm not taking anything away from not having Cody Zeller. But Cody Zeller was an additive that came later. This wasn't training camp right. plan, right? Which training camp plan was, let's let this one seed that came a shot away from going to the finals run it yep. back. And everybody was so clever, right? Everybody's so clever. that you know, was that uh, Guys that you're – I think the first contest I kept hearing was you can only count on development guys, two-way guys that have emerged – and become, you know, frontline participants so much. Mm. I kept hearing that Kyle in his 17th season is falling off the edge. Uh, that Jimmy might become, might be becoming discontent. There's all this stuff. Why are we not tracking the same way that we track clutch yep. games, right? Games that are in peril with five minutes to go, five, five points or fewer. Why are we not tracking the fact that the Miami Heat led the association in games missed due to injury? Yep. yep. How is that not a part of the narrative? And I think that we do that to ourselves, right? Correct. So the Heat are not excuse. We can't be bothered with anything other than what our head coach says, and that's we have enough. Every night. Well, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't. Well, and, and realistically, when you look at this it, team, it no, I mean, it happens. And not only not only do they not have enough. But still but, in the fight in a bunch of them, right? Like, that's the well, other thing. But it's also, you know, so many of these guys and, and this team in particular, right? This team thrives off ball movement, off of setting up teammates, off of excelling in your role. And when all of these players, every given night, it might be two or three games in a row in one role and then two or three games in a row in another because somebody's hurt or none or, none, or, none. or no playing time right. whatsoever. Now you've uh, missed time. Right. Now, now you're sat as a coach's decision. You're trying to figure out rotations. And again, right. you, you start to see these rotations come into form and you start to see what reminds me a bit of last year where no, obviously This team last year was a number one seed, was not in a panic mode at the end of the year. But you know what happened? They didn't find out their starting lineup until there were three games left in the year when Max (laughs) Strews stepped in. And that's the team that led them to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. So it is all about peaking at the right time. But the reality is, is you need to get yourself into a position now where hopefully you're not in the play-in and hopefully you get that right draw up front. But look, it's going to be a, a test in that Eastern Conference. It'll be some combination of the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Bucks to get yourself there. But when you look at the way Jimmy Butler is playing as of late, and that's where I want to focus now, he has been, not just right now, all season long, he has been unbelievable. Right. He's had arguably, if not statistically, the most efficient season of his entire career. He has the best true shooting percentage in the league since the All-Star break. 35 points last night against the Knicks. And he seems to do it with ease. Um, What has impressed you most about the Jimmy Butler experience? The run. Like the run of it. The consistency. Listen, so there's one layer of this that's kind of planned, right? It was making sure Jimmy got the rest that his body needed. And it could have been frustrating for fans. I get that, right? Jimmy's the most highly compensated member of, I imagine, of the organization outside of the Arisons. And I don't know what they get from the team, but I know they're doing all right, right? 
Um, <laughs> and so that being the case, you you want to see, right? You got to right. pay the price, you know. What does it pay the cost to be the boss? And so he's the mm-hmm. guy that on every level, every metric, that's the one you want out there. But there was a plan. And we're seeing the benefits of that plan now because Jimmy feels good, therefore mm. is playing good and that all looks good, right? So the next layer of it is it's only playing 33, 35 minutes a night, somewhere in that yep. realm, right? And I mean to the point where I get antsy. Right? Especially in the fourth quarter. Well, we're playing Especially all these clutch in the fourth quarter. Right? It's crazy. 52 nights of the game. <laughs> you know, every it's, single night it's going to end up and like he's that. It's not coming until about 6.30 on the yep. clock. It's not ha- it The discipline that spoke. It's really amazing. He had a trainer, Wes Brown, along with Armando, who's one of the assistant trainers, who's obviously. I don't know if it's obvious, so let me say that he is Jimmy's guy. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy, that 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 group came up with a formula. Mm. And it was awesome because for just the second time in his career, that man has scored 20 or more points in nine straight games. Yep. And like you said, he's he's, he's currently shooting. You don't have to mitigate it the finest efficiency of his career. It's been amazing. Yeah. And he is, he has been such a great leader for this team where you see sort of the competitive spirit that's needed. And, you know, we can make the jokes about Nickelback in the locker room or whatever we want, but, but that's a guy who's constantly trying to motivate his teammates and well, he's, he's come up big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's come up big all season long and he's come up big in the clutch. And speaking of the clutch, we'll get to this Tyler hero. Come on, man. Um, Tyler Hero has been fourth quarter. Tyler Hero is like a different basketball player. And that's not to say that he's not a good basketball player in those first three quarters, but he is an elite basketball player in the fourth quarter. There's a million different numbers that say it, including there might not be anyone better. Jeremy. No, there literally isn't. Yeah. There there quite yeah. literally is not a better <laughs> yeah. fourth quarter player in the NBA. He has the he's made the most threes in the fourth quarter since the all-star break. More oh, than no. Steph Curry. For the more season. than anybody else for the season. No, too. And now, yes, and yeah, now yeah, for go. the season has right. the best percentage. Yeah. He's hit seven. I believe it's seven go ahead shots in the final minute of fourth quarters or overtime this season, which is the most since Chris Paul did it in 2012. And that's the most since I believe the mid nineties, like it's yeah. really, he has been unbelievable in the clutch. And so to you, I mean, this team goes as Jimmy and Bam go in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But when you see Tyler able to step it up this way in the fourth quarter, how much confidence does that give you for this group? Because he really is in so many ways the X factor, particularly offensively. You can't double all three of them. Mm. So now you have to pick your poison. And he tends to be, even though his mid-range is, is delicious, he tends to be the one furthest from the basket. Correct. And so when you have two guys who are just attacking the paint and your interior defense, what tends to get your attention? Those two. Yep. So who's left? And you may have closeout city. You may be the best squad at getting to the paint and recovering back out and contest with a hand in the face. You give that guy that much. And well, it doesn't it is, matter. Right? And it doesn't matter, Jay, what happened at any other point in the night. That's what makes him so great. 
Yeah. It is. It's what makes him great is his ability to 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 forget. Um, right. because he seems to be somebody who has a he level of that. confidence that's that's really um off the charts. It's it's superior and yeah. You know, I, talking to him, just asking him about this. It's, right. it's yeah, man. I've I've put in the work. If I fail, whatever. Pretty like, simple. I I, I yeah, know yeah. that I can. I know that I can do it. And we've seen him do it over and over again. And really, all three of those guys have been great in the clutch. If you look through the numbers, um, I have two more total questions for you mm -hmm. before I let you go. So I had one I'll for you though. I had one okay. for you. You asked okay. me because you are where I was when I showed up to this organization. 19 years ago, because it was a mostly veteran team. And I know Udonis and Dwayne were young, but I mean, on the roster, eventually, as I got through the first two years, were all guys my age. Right. Shaq, Christian, and Zoe were on the same roster. Now, right. Christian Leitner and Alonzo Mourning are a little older. Shaq and I are the same age. We're two months apart. And he's older. And... Uh, <laughs> So I was in the midst of the veteran player age, mm. right? Our veteran players are a little younger, right? They yeah. like take let's go, let's say Udonis, now Kevin, um, Jimmy and Kyle off. They right. Gotta, take those four guys those away. Guys the vets are and younger. Everybody than else are they're your age group. Uh-huh. Right. Uh -huh. So when you're looking at a guy like Tyler Hero, who's younger than you, and you see what his steeled within him mm. what are you thinking about it really blows my mind um <laughs> particularly because yeah of course that makes me feel ancient and washed the fact that i'm i think five years older than this guy who's yeah. already had right. so many huge moments in the league but it, what, what impresses me so much about it is look i'll i'll say it and you went through the same experience right i've had a pretty what i will say is decent start to my career as somebody no, no, in no. my 20s no, 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 no. you're um, strapped onto the space shuttle and well, a good one well and thank you That's thank how you that i'll i'll yeah. be i'll try to be <laughs> you know i'm not i'm yeah. not great with the compliments nonetheless i'll, I'll say yeah. I, I i i've had what i would consider to be a good start to my career and yet sure. even in the biggest moments there can be you know moments of doubt that creep in am i really sure. you know doing this right am i am i the best at this have i put in the work you know, that's necessary to succeed. And I look at a guy like Tyler Hero and his unrelenting confidence and his ability to know because I've put in the work, I'm going to succeed. That's something that you can't really teach. I think there's a lot of guys yeah. that you can see even on this team who know that they've put in the work that is necessary. Everybody on right. this team puts in that work. But it's another thing to then be able to step into these big moments over and over and over again as a young buck when you're playing against other superstars right. in the league. I mean, look, Tyler said it here. He puts himself in these categories with these other players because that's what he yearns to be. Right. He knows exactly. that he can be one of the great players in the league. And so to be yeah. able to play with that confidence is really special. And so, yeah, of course, I feel very old. I also don't understand any references that Tyler makes. He's an incredibly young person, very much on the internet, very Gen Z. And that's okay. I'll accept being a millennial. Uh, but let's wrap this uh, up with, with, sure. with two questions yeah. for you because um, I know yeah. I, I want to let you go. Um, and I'll let you choose here. We're either going to go the UD angle first or we'll just mm -hmm. go with your your sort of expectations the rest of the way. So which way do you want to go first? Well, well, I can do both in the same answer. Okay. All right. So... 
I wanted to get with, with Udonis Haslam, I do want to get what you would describe as your favorite on the floor UD story and your mm-hmm. favorite off the floor UD story before Very we wrap good. this up. Sure, I'll, I'll do that first and then I'll weave it into Let's do it. the rest Let's of the Let's hear it. The maestro. Go to work. So, so on the court, uh, it has to be that tussle with Hansborough. Oh, it's the best. Tyler Hansborough was such a nudge, right? Like just, uh Oh, it was great. I, I have to I, not to interrupt, but I have to say. So I was a huge Tar Heel fan as a kid. Okay. So gotcha. I grew up a Tar Heel yeah. fan I, uh, randomly, but I gotcha. loved the Tar Heels. I loved Tyler Hansborough because sure he, was. he was this. You know, it was almost like Tim Tebow at Florida, where it was yeah, just pure like energy, captain energy, yeah. whatever. I as soon as that moment happened. It was like I, you could have burned all of my North Carolina Tar Heel gear. It was Udonis Haslam all the mm-hmm. way. UD and Tyler Hansborough was just one of, one of those moments. Right. Because one of their brush, it was a dust up. I don't even think Tyler mm-hmm. uh, um, intended it. But that's what got the blood going, right? Down the side of the face. And uh, that turned UD into a monster, right? Like it just, he didn't even want it patched up. No. That's the greatest. And so then that that energy led to, um, I believe, eventually his ejection mm-hmm. and inability to play in should. the next game. And then the Heat ended up where inspired, wrapped up the series against they were Indiana. Fine. And uh, they brought the Eastern Conference trophy on the plane to the man. You know, like just good stuff. Uh, that's my favorite on court. It's slightly on the court, but off the court. I was in the locker room in 06. Doing interviews. And I haven't done it since, by the way, because just my role in those post-game dynamics, I'm on the set. Back then, there was no set. Mm. So I could just roam around and do whatever in the 06 championship. 12 and 13, those titles, I mean, I'm just anchored. They they call you an anchor for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Just chained to the desk. But that, that interview... I will never forget, and I love that it's a part of Miami Heat forever lore, he is watching that man deal with the emotion of becoming a champion after being from Miami on the wrong side of Interstate 95, and I mean that in the best of ways, uh, going to Florida, maxing out that experience, but mm. realizing and being informed if you're going to make it in the league, you're going to have to go change your body. Right. And did it in a year. I, that's crazy in a foreign country right like went to france came back and became the starting power forward on his childhood team in his hometown and was a champion a year after that i'm gonna let that, that sit years. there yeah i'm gonna that let that sit there so that people years. can understand it because it really is yeah. it's 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 a path that um well, it's unmatched. It's unmatched in NBA history. And I don't believe there's ever been a sports story quite like Udonis Haslam. Someone yeah. who was able to not only have the type of career he has, despite all the odds being against him, but to do it for his hometown team. And that's what makes all of this so special. And it's part of why we're now here as we sit here on the 23rd and pe- folks will be hearing this on the 24th in the midst of four days of 40. Um, yeah. That's what's coming up. A UD night at the arena on Saturday night as the Heat take on the Nets. And so, Jax, I will ask you, what are you looking forward to with UD night? And I will ask you, in regards to the basketball game, Heat Nets, 
How does this sort of set the stage for the rest of the season, the stretch run, and what do you expect from Miami as they close things out here headed toward the playoffs? I, I suppose it at best in what we call the SPO show on the Miami Heat audio experience. This is all intertwined with Udonis, right? Everything that's happening right now is about Udonis's legacy. Yep. And so while we're celebrating him for four days, what is Udonis about other than winning? So the must-win nature of this week it really is perfect. Ties right into him, right? And so guys are motivated for him. The emotion of his departure, we're all going to have to fight off. We have work to mm-hmm. do. But it's going to be of the Jersey retirements, of the Hall of Fame acknowledgments. I'm just, I'm not saying Udonis is going to Hall of Fame, but what's happening eventually next year will be. That's all about emotion. We'll be overwhelmed by it. But also what happens in any season for every team, even the champion, it's abruptly over. Mm -hmm. One day we're playing games and it is, and the next it's, and you do, it takes me about a week. And I'm on the periphery. I am a team employee who is a, I would hope I'm seen as a, skilled professional observer of this game of course and i get disrupted just entering back into general population i really call it gen pop i do do. flying commercially um i don't wait i don't wait in lines jeremy that's a choice if i come up to you i just won't do it or your lounge i just leave like i'm not i'm not standing in your line rose rose sky and brickle (laughs) you so think that's a good place for me to hang out no, I am. I think that's a good place for me to hang out. Right? Yeah. I'm a cigar smoker. It's open rooftop. There you go. I'm sure they have libations that I've worked hard to pay for. <laughs> but that line and Brickle? Too much. And I love Brickle. Brickle's trendy and young. People are walking around having a good time. Point is, stuff ends boom. And so the unique nature of whatever, even if it's a title win. The unique nature of Udonis Haslam for the very first time in his adult life, going into his teen and preteen life, it's over. The the enormity of that should fuel our tank to make it last as long as it can. And to make that happen, cash money, we got to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Victories are necessary, and it starts on Saturday night against the Nets. You can watch Jason Jackson on the Heat Live pregame show. You can also listen to him on the Heat audio experience. You already heard a clip of his call. Potentially, you heard a clip of his call. Oh, no, you had it. You had it. I I think we had it. it It's coming to me. I think we had it. By the way, Uh, before we run, before we run. Yeah, please, let's do it. Have you enjoyed the moniker, Tash Money? Tash Money is my favorite thing that's happened this entire calendar year. Yeah. No, this is is the greatest. By the way. I was corrected because I was mispronouncing your name. Well, your last name. Because I took it very Frenchy because of the accent on the end of your name. The yeah, Shay. It's Tache. It's Tache. Right, right, right. But I was saying Tache. Mm, like Touche. Like ta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ta instead of Ta. And it's a, it, it is my Midwestern nomenclature. I wouldn't have even. I'll noticed. just say what it, what I, I say what I see. I mean, that's just that how that works, right? Unless I have phonetic spelling, 
So it was brought to my attention. I was like, oh, cash like cash. There you go. Cool. And that's where Tash money. No, it, yeah. the first time I will say the first time you said it on the broadcast, I, I had to kind of gather myself because I was really genuinely laughing and got completely distracted from whatever my story was supposed to be. And that was early enough on into this where I was still like very much focused on every like single word, like, so you didn't even writing a lot of things. Else. down. I just heard Tash that. money and I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, but this was and I will say just to, to thank you. Um, because I am no, I have no more regular season games left on the sideline. Um, hopefully, we will have some postseason work together. Season. But yes, sir. Uh, this has been like the joy of my life to be a part of this broadcast, and with you in particular, uh, it's been it's been really fun for me. I appreciate the awesome. way you've sort of graciously brought me in and and um and and teased with Tash money and everything. Yeah. JT, you know, I, I love the JT nickname too. Yeah. So, well, brother, um, I'm a Timberlake guy. I'd say that's a love. I, I'll a take love it. designation I put on. Uh, that's 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 my guy too. Uh, I used yeah. to. There was a time in my life where I facetiously referred to myself as the other JT. Wow. So just figured. But I'd you could then have that. a song, "Sexy Never Left." See, that should be your. See, yeah. I mean, look, yeah. I know that I know the JT and Prince got into it over that one. You know, Ooh. sexy never left. We're yeah, having all sorts of conversations right, there, right. but uh, nonetheless, Jason Jackson, thank you so much for joining me on yet another episode of Valley Sports Miami. Mic'd up. Pleasure is mine. Thank you for listening to Valley Sports Florida's Miami Mic'd Up with me, Jeremy Taché, and a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places.